The other thing that confirms this is the fact that this was not just a maniac mind, a deranged mind. This was a man possessed by the devil because the demons that went out of him went into the herd of pigs or swine, and they went immediately and uh, jumped off a cliff into the water and were destroyed. So we see that this was not just uh, a medical problem or a depression problem or a fact of a man who'd lost his mind. There was undoubtedly the awful power and the work of the devil. Welcome to Let the Bible Speak. This is Ian Golliher, and I hope that you're getting well-adjusted to the new year, and I hope that you're enjoying the programs as we come to God's message of the gospel day by day. And today we're turning to the demon-possessed man. There is a spiritual world, and indeed there is something mysterious about that world, the world of angels, the world of wicked angels, and the battle between good and evil. God created the angels, of course, and there were those who fell. And, of course, we have Satan, that ancient tempter of God's people, the one who would destroy the Son of God, and the one who would destroy us if he could. But we have to be thankful that we are under the blood and kept by the power of God each and every day. Now, I hope that you'll stay tuned as we come to that message and that it will be a help to you. We have the hymn, Keep Me Near the Cross, and there really is the answer for the Christian, sheltering under the victory of Calvary, that we may know freedom from Satan's temptations and powers. We come to our question-answer on the book of Romans, and today we want to look at the question, who is the author of the gospel plan set out in the book of Romans? I outlined almost chapter by chapter what God has revealed in this book, that it is God's righteous way of justifying sinners. But the question here is, who is the author of that plan as set out here in the book of Romans? Well, the answer that we have here is God the Father. And it tells us Paul was a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. And it was God the Father who gave this plan of redemption. He uh, uh, planned it. He set it in motion. And each and every day he is executing this plan of saving his people from their sins. Now, you'll notice uh, if you look in Romans chapter 1, verse 2, that uh, in the authorized version, that uh, verse 2 is set in parenthesis. It is a bit of a, uh, an explanation of the statement where it is the gospel of God, which he had promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. And so this was no new thing. Uh, what is uh, introduced in the New Testament really was foretold and laid out in 
the old, and therefore we have the, the fact that the Old Testament is revealed in the new. And it is God's plan coming to full execution, and it is the Lord taking this gospel around the world. We're told here that he revealed it to the prophets of the Old Testament. And these gospel prophecies were written for us in the Old Testament uh, that we might find this new is nothing different, nothing strange. It, it is explained, it is expounded, it is expanded upon, but it is the same gospel with the same glorious message. Let me exhort you to, to read the book of Romans. Romans is the doctrinal thesis of the Apostle Paul. It is the declarative statements on the way by which God saves and redeems men. Without the book of Romans, we would be much poorer. We would not have the clarity that we have concerning the gospel. And of course, justification by faith alone, well, that is the cardinal doctrine of our salvation. And I trust that today that you may even just go to your Bible and read the book of Romans. Just take it slowly, verse by verse, think about it, let it sink into your heart, and I believe that you will be thrilled with what you read there for yourself and that it will bring you to a clear understanding of God's salvation. May the Lord bless you through his word now. Keep me near the cross is our hymn. I must say that tonight I virtually tremble in coming to handle this very subject, because I know the devil will not like it, and I know that the wicked one who is the enemy of the Christian and the enemy of the church is alive and well all around us in the world in which we live. But here is surely one of the great testimonies of the power of the Lord Jesus, not just to change a man's life, but to defeat the power of the devil. We know that great verse in 1 John, which says that for this purpose was the Son of Man or Son of God manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Well, when the Lord Jesus came into contact with this demonic man, from the area of Gadara, just along the, 
the northern rim of the Sea of Galilee, when he came into contact with this man, the battle was on. We read in another place where the Lord said that he saw Satan falling as a star. And we rejoice tonight that Satan's dominion over this world has been broken. Now, that does not mean that he's not active, and it doesn't mean he doesn't destroy and wreak havoc, and it seems at times that he's the god of this world. At least that's his desire, to be the god of this world and control men. And I think there are people in this world that the devil gets a hold of. He controls them. He controls their minds, and he works a suicidal work, a destructive work within their lives. That is the mark, the hallmark of the devil, destruction, self-destruction. And we see this man deranged. He is living among the tombs. He is out there uncontrollable, and it seems that there are many attempts to try and chain him up and try and control him, but he uh, as far as human help goes, is beyond help. But the Lord really turned things around. And if you read down in the verse 20, you will see the testimony of uh, how the Lord really did change this. And he departed and began to publish and accomplish how great things Jesus had done for him. And all men did marvel. I wonder, could that be your testimony tonight, that you could go forth and tell of the great things that the Lord Jesus has done for you, and that all men would marvel? Now, not everybody is going to have the testimony of this crazy man of demoni, of uh, this demonic man from Gadara. Not everyone is going to have this diabolical testimony or of one who is in such captivity to the devil. But don't be fooled. The Bible tells us that every soul in this world, born of Adam, is led captivity by Satan at his will. And so your testimony of salvation, however the Lord has saved you and delivered you from sin and vice and corruption and from uh, an unsound, deranged mind, that is a tremendous victory for the Lord Jesus. Now, freeing this man from the devil was a particularly difficult case. The power required, the energy demanded, was no doubt miraculous. And in all of the Bible, I cannot think of another incident of such demonic oppression. Now, I call it oppression because this man wanted to be delivered. He wanted to be set free. There are many people who are such rebels to God, and they don't want to be set free. They don't want to be free from their sin and from the chains that the devil has around them. But this man did. And so there was some force laying hold upon him that was beyond him, and he needed that power, that spell broken from his life. The other thing that confirms this is the fact that 
This was not just a, a, a maniac mind, a deranged mind. This was a man possessed by the devil because the demons that went out of him went into the herd of pigs or swine, and they went immediately and uh, jumped off a cliff into the water and were destroyed. So we see that this was not just uh, a medical problem or a depression problem or a fact of a man who'd lost his mind. There was undoubtedly the awful power and the work of the devil. Now, it has been said that denial of the devil is the first step to atheism. When you acknowledge that there is a devil in this world, there has to be a God. When you acknowledge that there are evil, wicked spirits that destroy, then you also recognize that there are good spirits and there is God, and that He is at work in this world. We do not believe that God just set this world on its way, and just natural forces alone are at play. There is a spiritual dimension. And you cannot read the sixth chapter of Ephesians and not realize that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers in the darkness of this world. We are in a tremendous spiritual battle. And I think this is an, an important message for us tonight as we think of our service for God in the year to come. We're still in the very early part of January. And as we think of serving the Lord and preaching the gospel, we must never forget the, the, the powers of spiritual darkness that are at work. And if we are to see men saved, converted, and walk with God, that we need the power of the Lord to break the work of the devil. Now, notice something in verse 6, and this is what we would love to see. Here is, here is the thing that makes this stand out from just merely someone with a deranged mind. It says in verse 6, when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshiped him. Now, this is before deliverance. This is before the demon was dealt with. This is before he, the miracle was performed. When he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshiped him and cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And here we see the man running to the Lord. Now, there's certainly strange things here, and this was an encounter with the Son of God that led to his deliverance. The good news is that there is deliverance, deliverance from souls that are gripped by Satan and by his evil work. I want us to look at this tonight in three ways. There's the mystery of the undelivered soul. There's a lot of mysterious things here. And then there's the miracle of the delivered soul. And then we want to look at the marks of the delivered soul. 
And I think under those three headings, in those three uh, three pronged outline, that we will cover this incident and learn from it. So, firstly, we see the mystery of the undelivered soul. How this man got into this state is beyond us. But somewhere, somehow, he dabbled in the works of darkness and fell into the torturous grip of the devil. Now, in those parts, this was not totally uncommon, although he was a very extreme case. The Lord cast demons out of many people. And we're talking here now about the Holy Land, the land that was privileged apart from all the world with so much light and knowledge and truth through the, the prophets, through the, uh, the very institutions that God had ordained in Israel, of all the nations of the world, this was a nation free from darkness. But right here in this land and in this particular area, the devil was very much at work. Now, Paul the Apostle said that the mystery of iniquity is at work. And he said, the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Now, he's referring to the Antichrist. He's referring to uh, the awful attack against the church of the Lord Jesus. And we need to learn this tonight, that we are in more than just a building program of a church like bricks and mortar, the physical, visible aspects of building the Lord's church. We are in a spiritual battle and the forces of hell are at work to hold men in the ways of Satan. Now, firstly, coming under this heading of the mystery of things here, I look at verse 5, and I see here there's the mystery of his strange behavior. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains— and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. Now, this has to be one of the most sad, dark, depressing accounts of any human existence. Would you find the like of it in all of the world? Well, there are some very sad cases in this world of people who are deranged in mind, and who have lost their senses. But there are also many, many cases of those who are under uh, the awful oppression of the powers of darkness. You'll see here night and day, crying, cutting himself with stones. There wasn't a minute's rest for this man if one demon left him for a moment, there was a myriad of others that would come to torment him. And this is Satan's way to destroy rest. Rest is gone from the soul when the devil gets a grip of you. There is no peace to the wicked. That is the awful work of Satan in men's hearts. 
Now, you probably know people that are just so restless. There is no rest in their lives. They seem to be going from one crisis downhill to the next crisis. And it's a life of torment and misery. That's Satan's control and Satan's work. There's another mystery about this man, and that is his supernatural strength. In verse 4 and 5, uh, you will see that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces. Neither could any man tame him. And there seems to be a strength that is beyond the norm in this man's life. He had this strength beyond the normal. Flesh and bones would not normally be this strong. But here is a power that comes from the spirit world. More than muscle, it is the work of darkness. People avoided him. They were afraid of him. They would cross the other side of the road. They would stay away from the area. They knew this madman was living among those tombs. And we need to recognize that Satan's power is indeed very strong. And we see in this world that evil is stronger than good. This is the fallen nature of this world. This is the the rule and the reign of the devil wherever he gets his way. And we must not think that we're living on a level playing field. We are living in a world where Satan's power is ever at work. Just as the weeds appear stronger in our garden, and the briars and the thorns, they grow, see, more vigorously, with greater ease. Likewise, the powers of evil advance and seem to get stronger in this world. We look at our cities and their streets. We look at people's lives and their ways, and it seems where darkness seems to reign. Can we explain the mad downward course of sin and why people seek it, why people glory in it and boast in it and go back to it again and again? It doesn't make any sense. Drugs don't make sense. Drunkenness doesn't make sense. Vice, wickedness, gambling, all of these things, they don't make sense. But there is a pull, a a lure, a drag on many people to follow these things. And we can only answer this by the statement that the God of this world draws men by a well, I'm going to say supernatural power because it's not just advertising and it's not just uh, the foolishness of men. Uh, there's a temptation that the devil exercises and a, a, a destruction that he exercises that's beyond the norm. The other mystery I notice here, and that is fellowship with death. If you look at verse 3 here, who had his dwelling among the tombs. It's a strange thing. This is almost uh, a scene that you would read of in one of Charles Dickens' books. Uh, 
men living among the tombs at night, lurking about among the graveyard. And there's a dark, evil, wicked spell about it. I read this week about the suicide rate in, in Greenland, still the highest in the world. And strangely, it's not in the dead of winter. You would think that it's in the dark, depressing days of winter that that's when the, the suicide rate would spike. No, it's in, the, it's in the summer months when there's almost total daylight. In Canada, the highest suicide rate is among the people in Nunavut. It's about five times higher than normal. Another country in the world where the suicide rate is phenomenal is in France. It's something like 24 people out of every thousand commit suicide every year. But the general statistics around the world in every country, in every society, suicide is ever so common. Why do people get into that state of mind that they want to end it and end it now? You think of the morbid state of minds that want to end their life by committing suicide. Why is that? Well, surely the Bible tells us that Satan is a murderer from the beginning. He is the father of murder, and he puts those thoughts into people's minds. And Satan seeks to attack souls, nations, people, to destroy them. And this is his evil work. And Satan, of course, introduced death into the Garden of Eden, by his power of temptation, introducing sin, he knew that it would bring death. And so Satan is always about the work of bringing men to death. When we think of his attacks and his assaults on the Lord Jesus, he will have that same attack against certainly God's people and against the souls of men. And so we need to recognize tonight, and this is the point I want to make, and I'm not going to build some, you know, fearful thing that we're all in trouble and so on. We're under the blood tonight. Praise God for that. We have been to Calvary, and we praise God for the breaking of the devil's power. But as a church, we seek to grow, and we seek to win men from their darkness. We are in a spiritual battle, and there's a great mystery here that we have to engage in the mystery of darkness that is continually at work. And we need to plead that wonderful triumph of the Lord Jesus, uh, that for this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. Call me, please, at 604-897-2040. For all the details of our broadcasts across Canada, go to ltbs.ca. This broadcast comes to you today from the Free Presbyterian Church in Cloverdale. 
located at 18790 58th Avenue, Surrey, at the corner of 188th Street and 58th Avenue. Our website is cloverdealfpc.ca and there you can find gospel articles, links to our sermons, a gospel booklet called A New Beginning and a link to watch our services online. You're warmly invited to attend any of our Sunday services at 10.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. to meet with us as we worship God and to hear the preaching of His precious Word. We also meet for Bible study and prayer every Wednesday evening at 7.30 p.m. Our Sunday School for Children and Adult Bible Class meet every Lord's Day at 9.30 a.m. from September to June. You can contact us at 604-567-1091. Alternatively, you can email me at pastor.cloverdealfpc at gmail.com. Again, for all this information, please visit our website at cloverdealfpc.ca. Our burden is that you will hear and understand the gospel that will bring you to know the Lord Jesus Christ and his great salvation. This is Pastor Andrew Fitton. Thank you for listening today. And be sure to listen Monday to Friday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. and on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our one-hour church service as we worship the Lord through the ministry of His Word. Music